Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, we did it! (laughs) We haven't been through a war. We haven't been through the depression, but we have been through a pandemic! I didn't really even know what a pandemic was before. COVID, I didn't have a clue. But we did it. So well done. Well done to you. And uh, we're not through it yet, but, um, mate, we've travelled well. And we travel well. Yeah, I agree. So, Ros, you've travelled well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I want to honour someone tonight. Stand up, Lani Carpenter. Where is Lani? Beautiful Lani Carpenter. I want you to come out the front, Lani. I wanted to honour someone in each service. And tonight, Lani, I wanted to honour you. You are an incredible young person. You have just lent into all of the things that we've been doing online, and it's hard to lean on online, and you have just served our young adults and been willing to go over and above, and you even on our prayer hubs. So I just want to honour you because... Um, and there's a little card and a gift. So well done, girl. And if you don't know this girl, you need to get, get to know her. But don't ask her all to be on your teams because I'm going to be ask, ask her to be on my team. So thanks, Lani. Bless you. Okay. <clears throat> well, I'm just going to share before I kick in and do a message, I'm just going to share a little bit about culture and going forward and uh, what we've been through. So who enjoyed it? Isn't it good we had the Olympics to carry us through COVID? Uh, Mark and I did well. We didn't have a divorce. Uh, we, we got on well, we survived. Uh, I didn't learn any new skills. I didn't do any craft. Anybody else like that? Good, good. I loved all, all those people. Um, Mark did buy me a headlamp, so I learnt to walk in the bush in the night. I read a book, great book. I always read books about people who are doing it really tough in other nations. It gives me a great perspective on our nation. I vented to my sister who lives in Melbourne, the longest lockdown on the planet. I shopped online, bought a few more things from Wuhan. The most difficult thing for me was staying in my LGA because I'm like every three weeks, I'm a, I gotta get out of this place. So I went to the uttermost parts of our LGA. But you know, I've been talking to you all this year about hope. And in every season, there is honey. In every carcass, you've got to find the honey. And the Zares, Mark and Ros Zares, found the best honey in the carcass of COVID. We became grandparents to the most beautiful grandchild, Lola Joy. She's coming up. How gorgeous is she? She looks like me, I think. And I have decided my goal in life is to outdo Michelle Van Olst in being a grandma. I am Michelle. I'm going to take you on. (laughs) All right. So a few thoughts on coming back. All right. Uh, Coming back might be messy. Messy because we still have government restrictions. Messy because we all have to stretch our relational our social and our Sunday muscles again. Messy because there are different degrees of confidence about us gathering again and messy because in the last few months there's been a lot of misunderstanding between people, anxiety and anger in our community and some of us might still be recovering from this. I know it didn't happen in our church but in other churches it did. 
You're meant to laugh there, but don't worry. Um, so this, re- this season has also revealed differences, theological differences, differences in the way we see the world. We see God. We see each other. And these differences, my friends, lay dormant until a crisis came, until a pandemic happened. And then we got a bit surprised at the differences. Example, I took my mum out for coffee the other week. I was very excited to see her. I hadn't seen her for months. And I rang my sister, who lives in Melbourne, the longest lockdown in the world, and said, Roz, don't forget masks, social distancing. She's 87. Be very careful. So I said to my mum, just rang my sister, and she said, you know, I've got to be careful. And she said, Roz, I'm 87. I thought, yeah, I know, second person to tell me today that you're 87. She said this. She said, I have had so much mental pain in my life that, Roz, I am not afraid of physical pain. And off we went. And um, just a classic example of how her experience and her worldview um, determines how she responds to this crisis. I also think the time for convincing one another about the vaccine or the non-vaccine is over. The government really forced us all to make a decision. There's not really many people in New South Wales sitting on the fence anymore. I've made my decision and I'm not going to change. I'm sure you've made your decision and you're not going to change. You can ask to hear someone's story. It's good to hear someone's story. But I think the time for convincing and preaching is finished. If someone does keep trying to preach at you, you can borrow my sentence, this sentence. This is my sentence. Hey, I've already made up my mind. I'm not going to change on this issue, but going forward, let's find other things that we can connect on and agree to talk about. Don't let the spirit of disunity get on you. There is actually a spirit of disunity that tries to get on us. Don't let it get on you. It's in the world, but he doesn't want it in his church. You know that this is what I think. I don't think there is a... Jesus wants us to have a mindset of us and others. You know, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If anyone should have, could have had a mindset of us and others, it would be God. But he didn't. At the end times, there will be separating. There will be the separating of the sheep and the goats. But right now, my friends, that is not the time. So maturity is being able to hold my conviction, listen to yours, without getting angry or trying to control you while having compassion and empathy for you. What is important is that we move through the mess as genuine followers of Christ. We want to meet safely together because of our common commitment to him. We are people who are characterised by love. Jesus said that there would be one thing, how we treat each other, that the world would know we are his disciples. It's by our love for one another. In fact, in John 13, 34, it says this, I give you a new command, not a suggestion, not a perhaps, a command. Love one another. You don't have to trust one another. 
But he's saying, love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. Come on, Macquarie, love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Every step of the way, whatever our differences, our neighbours should see that we treat each other with love. As a church, we are staying on mission which he gave to us 2,000 years ago. He spelt it out in Matthew 28. He wants and expects the church to preach the gospel and to make disciples. There is no other mission. When unchurched people come into this church, um, they are not looking for ideology. They're not looking for political views. They're not, not actually even looking for opinions. They're not even looking for Mark and Roz. They're looking for Christ. And I pray that amongst us, they will find him. So, Father... We thank you for your church and it's been a challenge, but we, can, we don't mind a challenge because a challenge exposes things in us and makes us grow. And God, you want your church to be on mission. God, you gave us the mission and it's a mission to reach lost people with the love of God, to reconcile people with you because once we were far away, but you reconciled us. So, Father, going forward, I pray you give us such a passion, such a passion for you, for unity, for loving one another and for loving your world. Grow us up, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so how did you go in lockdown? Who was above five out of ten in lockdown? All the introverts, I can see you all. Who was below five out of ten? Moments up and down, mental health, emotional health. Who still hasn't had a COVID test? <laughs> How have we done that? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so who considered deleting their social media account? <laughs> Dan Zare is going to talk about that next week. All right, we're doing a theme called the Big Debrief. Lessons from COVID. I thought it would be good to stop, acknowledge what we've gone through, pause and reflect and not just rush on. Because <clears throat> I thought this, <clears throat> you don't want to take a carcass of the last season into the new season. You want to go into the new season without a stench of the last season. So we're calling this the big debrief, but you could call it removing the stench if you wanted to. Okay, I'm going to take you to Matthew 7. Uh, in the previous chapters, Jesus has just finished the Sermon on the Mount. One night in the theme, we're going to do a theme of Sermon on the Mount. Um, this is the most quoted teaching of Christ and it is considered to be the code of ethics for Christianity. All right, but in unique Jesus style, he finishes the warm and fuzzy Sermon on the Mount, warm and fuzzy, and he goes into a series of of warnings, a series of, hey, heads up, take notice. And these heads up relate to 2020 and 2021. He gives the warning of the two gates, the two trees, the two doers, the two houses. Tonight, I'm just going to talk about the two trees and the two houses. Uh, and we're going to look at some funny warnings. You know, when my dad, when I was growing up, my dad gave me the weirdest warning. He used to say to me, Ros, Ros, don't marry a solicitor. <laughs> I have no idea why he didn't want me to marry a solicitor and I've got nothing against solicitors. He must have had a traumatic experience, but I never didn't marry a solicitor. But here are some funny warnings up here. 
coming up on the screen. We can see, go back. Don't wash your child in washing machine. Just in case you were going to. Babies may pee on your face. And the next one. Such a weird warning, isn't it? <laughs> Some people are thinking, I want a copy of that sign. All right. Uh, Matthew 7, let's go. The two trees. <clears throat> Jesus speaking to us. He's saying, hey, Macquarie, watch out for false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are voracious wolves. You will recognise them by their fruit, not by their clothes, by their fruit. Grapes are not gathered from thorns or figs from thistles, are they? But in the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree is not able to bear bad fruit, nor a bad tree to bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will recognise them by their fruit. So Jesus is saying this, there's many voices. In your life, there's many voices. And in this season, there's been many people you could listen to. But he's saying this, take note of their fruit and listen to good voices. They will have good fruit. Um, because who we listen to we follow. What you enter into enters into you. I'm not talking about casually listening to someone. I'm saying really leaning in and taking note of them. Um, Jesus is saying, be careful. Be careful whose words you lean into, whose words you believe. Because if you listen to fearful people, you'll catch their fear. If you listen to angry people, you catch their fear. Anger, if you listen to deceiving people, you'll be deceived. Matthew 15, Jesus tells the disciples this. He says, if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. And he's not talking about physical blindness. He's saying, be careful who you follow. Because if you follow closely and listen closely, where they go, you will go. So you've got to say to yourself sometimes, do I want my life to look like their life? What is the fruit of their life? Um, Jesus saying a heads up. So I just want to check. Che he's saying check out who you follow. I just want to say three things to check out of people who you listen to. The first is their words. Jesus said this, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you want to get to know somebody Listen to what they say. Listen to what they say when they're stressed. Listen to what they say, how they treat a waiter. They say, if you want to know some, how someone, who someone really is, listen to how they speak to a waiter and an animal. If you're single, take that to note. Um, a lot of people are clever with words. Listen to their tone. I listen to people's tone. During this season, you would have been like me. Lots of people sent different videos to listen to and different podcasts and, you know, I listen to somebody's tone because remember what I said, what you enter into enters into you. So if you listen to someone's tone and they're angry, I don't want that tone in me. So if you follow and do a lot of listening, their tone will enter into you. What is their tone? Is it one of anger, judgment, smugness, blame, victim, gossip, prideful? 
Jesus said the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's what you want to hear. Do you hear first up? If you can't remember that list, just remember these four. Love, joy, peace, patience. Do you hear those? The next one is actions. So you'll know them by their words. You'll know them by their actions. Does what they say match what they do? Very, very important. You know, if Rosaire ever writes a book on climate change, don't buy it. I tell you why not. you shouldn't buy it. Because I really do care about the environment. I pick up rubbish, random rubbish that other people drop. Yay me. I recycle. But guess what? I don't do a lot with my lifestyle to stop climate change. I'm not paying a tax. I still eat meat. I like air, I like air conditioning and I don't have an electric car and I don't have solar panels. So I'm not really making a sacrifice for climate change. That would be called virtue signaling. A lot of you heard of virtue signaling. Virtue signaling. Virtue signaling is an attempt to show other people that you are a good person by expressing opinions that will be acceptable to them, especially on social media. So it's saying something that I want, I don't know, putting something out there, a statement or that I want you to accept and you think that I'm a good person, but actually I'm not paying a cost. Now, I've got to tell you, if I write a book on kids, you can buy it because I love kids. I sponsor quite a few kids. I sponsor a refugee family. I lean into our missions giving, the Haynes Home, the kids' school in Nigeria. Um, I don't just say it. Actually, looking after kids in underdeveloped countries really costs me. I listen to people who are paying a cost emotionally and financially. And the last one is character and credibility. What have they achieved? Today you can be famous and you don't have to have achieved anything. You can put up a YouTube, TikTok or be an influencer and nobody really knows your private life and you can be famous. Um, but Jesus said that's not the way to go. He said, evaluate teachers' words by examining their lives. Um, just one other thing before I move on to the next, um, the next thought that Jesus had. This is what I do. I only follow people who are following other people. I only follow people who know to come under authority. Jesus said, I do what the Father tells me to do. I don't speak a word unless the Father tells me to do. It's always check out. I just always check out if they're a Christian, what church are they going to? Are they going to church? Are they coming under authority? Are they part of the body? Are they serving? All right, that's the first one. Be careful who you listen to. Check out their fruit. Follow somebody with good fruit. And the next one is the two houses, Matthew 7. Jesus said this, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds beat against that house, but it did not collapse because its foundations had been laid on a rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine 
and does not do them, Jesus is saying, is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the flood came, the winds beat against the house and it collapsed. It was utterly destroyed. Its fall was great, says in other um, translations. <laughs> when Jesus finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed by his teaching because he taught them like one who had authority, not like experts in the law. All right, so I just want to say this, a few things about building a house. Crisis reveals and accelerates. So that's what the pandemic has done. It's accelerated. So if you were thinking that your job was lousy and you were going to quit your job in three years' time, guess what? You've probably quit your job during the crisis. It accelerated everything. If you thought, you know what? I'm going to break up with my girlfriend in one year. You probably broke up with your girlfriend during COVID. Uh, it accelerated everything. It made us think, do you know what? Life's short. I'm going to do those things now. Um, it also revealed... Crisis reveals what's on us, puts pressure on us, and it's revealed what's truly in us. It's like a cockroach getting squashed. You put pressure on a cockroach, and it reveals what's really inside it. <laughs> <clears throat> you know what I found hard? This is, this is revealing a fruit of the spirit that I haven't developed yet. Impatience, Ethan. You know what I find hard? I found it really hard when you're QR coding in and people just stand there for five minutes on their little phone doing stuff. And I'm thinking, it's there. You just take the photo and move out of the way. And one day I just, I just moved into this person. They were and I'm, the other thing I'm thinking, put a few QR codes out. Just don't put one out. So I moved into this person to take a photo and they go, what about social distancing? <laughs> uh, at that moment, I felt like saying, sorry, I've got trouble with my hearing. I can't hear you. Anyway, both of these humans built a house. Both took the same amount of time, both built in the same suburb, redhead, same storm, faced same circumstance, houses looked the same. They both heard Jesus' words, but they had a different result after the storm. Why? One heard Jesus' words, but gave no thought to them. He wasn't deliberately stupid, but the, Jesus said he was thoughtless about his life. And it said the fall was great. The other was wise and thoughtful. Jesus is saying here that there's two types of people, two types of Christians, the thoughtful and the foolish. Everyone is building a house, a life, a career, a family, but everyone believes, but everyone is building on a different foundation. So Jesus is saying that we are all building our foundation on somebody's words. Whose words are you building your life on? Jesus is saying, build your life on my words. My words are stable. My words are true. My words are eternal. My words, not one of them will be lost. My words heal. My words save. My words restore. My words create. My words are solid as a rock. Jesus sees the chemistry of hearing plus non-doing as forming a compound of sand. 
Proverbs 13.20 says this, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate, associate with fools and get into trouble. This is my last thought. I want to say this to you. If you want to do well in life, accumulate wise friends. You know, that's what the crisis has done also. The crisis has made a lot of us evaluate our friendships and our spaces. Jesus talked about, he didn't talk about different spaces, but he modelled different spaces. Remember, he had the crowd, he had the 12, and he had the three. Your three and your 12 are really important. Your three and your 12, you should share the same values. Your three especially, you need to share the same values. And, you know, sometimes in my life I've had three and I had an idealistic three that, hey, mate, these three are going to sail through with me right to the end of my life. But it didn't happen. My values changed, their values changed, and I had to adjust my spaces. I think often in life we have to adjust our spaces because the values change and your values change. And I want to say this, the difference between a wise person and a foolish person is how they deal with truth. Wise people encounter truth and they change as a result. Example, you get a speeding ticket and wise people learn to slow down. <coughs> I'm not quite there yet. <coughs> foolish people encounter truth, they don't change. Instead, they try to adjust the truth so they don't have to adjust it. A foolish person will deny, blame, minimise, excuse and do anything in his or her power to avoid having to deal with reality or change. They have a flat learning curve. And often they cause havoc in, for their lives and our lives. So I want to say this. Have a bit of time for foolish people. Have a bit of time for foolish people. But don't put a lot of time into foolish people because they're not going to change. And time is limited. Put time into wise people and have wise people around you. I'm going to pray for you in a minute and I'm going to ask you this question. <clears throat> I'm going to ask you, what part of your life is wobbly? Because the words of Christ, what they do, they strengthen you. They strengthen your soul. When you hear his words and you do his words, they strengthen you and you're able to stand up under. So when a storm comes, your marriage can stand up under. Your relationships can stand up under. You don't crumble easy. You're a, the opposite to a crumble pie. You're a non-crumble pie. <laughs> and in life, that is called endurance, Adrian. Endurance, standing up under. And that's what his words do. So in a minute, I'm going to ask you, what part of your life aren't you building on his words? And we've never got it perfect. We're always adjusting. You know, this is what I do, church. Sometimes when I look at some of his words that I find hard, say this one. Forgive. I oh, know. Or this one, love your enemies. I mean, you stare at that. 
and you think, Jesus, are you crazy? Can you be for real? What do you mean forgive one another? Forgive everybody. But I don't let myself move on, church. I'm either going to trust me and my feelings, I'm going to trust Him. How long have I been around compared to Him? His words created the universe. His words sustain, the Bible says, His words sustain all life. I don't let myself move on and I make sure that I lose and He wins. So, Father, we open our heart. It's just so good to be together and have these honest moments with one another. And, gee, what a season with so much to think through and adjust. And, Father, I pray you really anoint this next series. We give you permission to dig deep. We want to be people that can dig deep and adjust. But right now we ask you this question. Where in my life have I just ignored your word? You've really, Holy Spirit, you've really wanted to come get my attention, but I've dismissed. Help me, Holy Spirit, to take your word as weighty and to give attention to your word. I pray over this these people. Father, I pray that their faith will be built on the rock. I pray that you give us courage as a church to speak to one another and speak the truth in love. And while your eyes are closed, I just want to say, I want to give an invitation to anyone out there tonight who doesn't know Christ. He loves you. You might not know him or know all about him, but that doesn't matter. He loves you and he wants to come alongside and give you wisdom for your life. He wants you to know his voice. So while every eye is closed and every head is bowed, if you would like to invite Christ into your life, I want you to look up and look at me so I can pray a prayer. Anyone tonight, you say, Roz, that is me. Pray for me tonight. I would like to invite Christ into my life. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Over to you, Daniel Zare. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.